Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? So he answers their question with a question. And he gives them a little test. In verse five, he says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So Jesus talks about marriage. They're not satisfied with his answer, so they give him test number two. Question number two on the test is found in verse seven. They said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? And he gives them the answer in verse eight. Because of your hardness of heart, God gets to the heart of divorce. The matter of divorce is a matter of the heart. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, today's topic on divorce is one that most people have been affected by. And while divorce may be a common experience for many of us, we as believers need to know what God's Word has to say about this difficult topic. Today, we'll continue in the Marriage Matters series with the message titled, The Matter of the Heart. We'll discover five biblical truths about divorce and learn how to safeguard our own marriages against it. Here's Pastor Trent. We are going to deal with what I would consider the hardest topic in the Bible to teach and preach. So can I get a little sympathy here this morning? I got a hard job. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, that, that was totally non-sincere, but uh, you're, you're at least obedient. So um, anyway, get your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 19. As you know, we've been going through the series Marriage Matters, and we've learned that um, there's a lot that goes into having a healthy marriage here. And um, let me just say... Um, Let's just read the scripture in its entirety, first of all. We've we've been spending about, uh, this is the fourth week we've spent on the same section of scripture. And uh, when you're going verse by verse through the Bible, you don't get to skip sections. You deal with what God said. And so we're going to deal with what God said. I'm so grateful to be a part of a church where you show up every week hungry to know what God said. Just tell me what God said. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, and I don't know why, and I don't have the motivation. So just tell me. Well, that's my job today about a very important subject. Let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 19, verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And Pharisees, well done, well done. And Pharisees came up to him and tested him. Did they really want to know the answer, or they just want to give him a test? Did they want him to pass the test or fail the test? They wanted him to fail. And so they gave him a question. Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Pharisees wanted to talk about divorce. Jesus didn't want to talk about divorce. He wanted to talk about marriage. So he gives them a quasi answer in verse four. He answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? So he answers their question with a question. And he gives them a little test. In verse five, he says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they too shall become one flesh. 
So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So Jesus talks about marriage. They're not satisfied with his answer, so they give him test number two. Question number two on the test is found in verse seven. They said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? And he gives them the answer in verse 8. Because of your hardness of heart. Not the answer they were expecting to hear, but it's the right answer. Why divorce? Because of the hardness of of your hearts, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Have I ever told you about my trick elbow? Um, you remember Andrea and I, we spent like 15 years living in this RV travel trailer. And if you know anything about these RVs, they sit off the ground because they're on wheels and, and the, the steps into the door are metal. And there was this, this night where it kind of was this freezing rain and then it really got cold. And there was, <laughs> it was like an inch of ice on our metal steps, three metal steps to get down to the ground. Well, I was running around in the morning and I was kind of running late. So I'm zipping around the house. I opened the door and I went to go down the steps. And when I did, my foot hit that first step and my feet flew up in front of me and everything was kind of off balance and I'm up in the air and I landed on the bottom step on my elbow. To this day, if I happen to set my elbow on a table in just the right way, I experience the same pain today that I experienced 15 years ago when I hit that first step. There was some previous damage done that never has quite healed, and there's just some sensitivity there. Some of you have a heart like my elbow. Something happened to you 15 years ago, 5 years ago, maybe maybe 35 years ago. And it's never really quite healed. And when when somebody touches on that little part of your heart, it sends a pain into your heart that really shouldn't be there. But the reason it's there is because there was damage done years ago. You see, we're going to talk about the matter of divorce. Now, what you want to understand is this. The matter of divorce is a matter of the heart. Now, anytime you you say the word divorce, it's like when I set my elbow on a table for some of you. And so I wish I had the opportunity just to sit down and talk with you. As a matter of fact, I think I'll just do that. Um, there, there are stories in this room about divorce. There are, there are some really sad stories. Um, I don't know them all. I do know some of them. I've heard them. And um, some of you have been touched by divorce. Maybe you haven't personally in your marriage been touched by divorce, but I would bet the vast majority in this people love someone who has been touched by divorce. As a matter of fact, if you're in that scenario, if you love someone that is either going through a divorce or has gone through a divorce, would you raise your hand right now? Look around the room, folks. Look how many people in this room have been touched 
by divorce. Now, those of you that just raised your hand, do you know what happened? You fell on that step and that caused some damage in you. If it wasn't your own divorce, it was possibly somebody else's divorce, your mom or your dad, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, grandparents. Your life's been touched by somebody's divorce. And I, I just want to say to you, as, as I talk about this, I, I am, I'm sorry. I, I really am. My heart hurts. Um, maybe, maybe it was you, and maybe you didn't have all the information then that you have today. And if you knew then what you know now, you, you would have made a different choice. Um, maybe somebody gave you a bad example, a mom and a dad, and they, they couldn't work it out, and their, their marriage ended in divorce, and it caused deep pain. Even to this day, maybe you're living with the pain, and maybe you're mad at mom and dad, and maybe you're even mad at God. I'm just mad at God. If God loved me, why did he let that happen? Why didn't he? And, and, and what's happening is we're just, today we're going to touch that little spot there. It's going to hurt a little bit. Um, and, and you know what? The culture has really failed us. Uh, back in the early 70s, um, the court system basically opened up divorce as a no-fault thing. You don't even have to have grounds. If you're just unhappy and you want to try something different, then, then you can get out. And they weren't holding us accountable to the vows that we made. And in large part, many of you, um, quite honestly, the church has failed you. Because um, the, sometimes we in the church, in trying to hold up a high standard of God's Word, it, it's it's like we lose sight of people that really haven't had that experience. They didn't grow up in that environment. And so when we say things, we don't say them the right way. And it's still truth, but it's like they're not rejecting the truth. They're kind of rejecting our weird way of saying it. And so it, it's it's like in the, in the church, it, people that have been through a divorce, it's like they come in wearing a scarlet D, you know? It's like, we don't really know what to do with you. And... Um, to, we shouldn't we shouldn't have that attitude um, because we all are broken. Every person in this room has some scars and some damage, and we've strayed from God's word. and And even if you uh, have never been divorced, I bet the same issues are in your marriage that broke up the divorce of the one that you love. And so we need to have a different attitude. Now, let me say this as a as a preference before we get into this. Okay, preface everything I'm going to say through this statement. God wants every person who is currently married in this room to stay married to the person you are currently married to for the rest of your life. That's God's standard. Now, you see, if you've been through a divorce, maybe this is your second marriage, third marriage, fourth marriage, and it's like, you're going to hear all this, and it's like, well, what do I do now? It's like, am I supposed to divorce this wife to go back to that wife or this husband? It's like, how do you unscramble the eggs, right? Listen, if you are married, you're, you're in a marriage, and you need to bring your marriage under the authority of Scripture and don't get divorced, right? So we're going to talk about divorce here today, and I want you to understand that every heart, every matter of divorce is a matter of the heart. We're going to get to, to that here today. There's two parts to the message today. I'm going to, I, I got to tell you, man, I have read hundreds and hundreds of pages in the last few weeks trying to discern what the Bible says about divorce. To be honest with you, it's a little fuzzy. And theologians differ on how uh, they treat this issue. And um, not Good men disagree on this subject, so you may not even agree with, with where we're going to land today. But I, I, there's one thing that we all agree on, and that's the statement on the screen right now. 
that the matter of divorce is a matter of the heart. So first part of the message, we're going to look at five biblical truths about divorce. I think I can sum up everything that I've studied and, and, and discerned in all the scripture. I think I can sum it up in five biblical truths about divorce. And then I want to use the second part of the message to deal with the heart, because we're going to find out that's really the issue. So as we get started here, um, I want you to help me out, okay? You, you, you guys help me preach this message, even those of you that have been divorced. I, my divorced friends come up to me and they say, Trent, you've got to preach more about divorce. You've got to say it louder. You've got to say it stronger. You've got to say it longer because nobody wants to experience what I went through in my divorce. So say it, okay? So I, I want you to help me, all right? And, and I want you to understand that as I deal with these things, I realize I'm touching on a spot. I know what that pain feels like. I, I feel it every time. Well, let's get started. Where do we go from here? Let's find out five biblical truths about divorce. And let me just say at the beginning of this, not one of these five truths is going to prevent anyone in this room from getting a divorce. It just won't. You know why? Because people don't get divorced because of a lack of information. It, people don't get divorced because they didn't know what God thinks about divorce. They get divorced because that's what their heart told them to do was the best option at the time. So we're going to have to end on talking about the heart. But before we do, let's understand what Scripture says about divorce. And the first thing it says is this, is God designed marriage immune to divorce. You see, God created perfect people to be in a perfect relationship. There was no potential for hurt or misunderstanding. These, these were perfect people who had perfect performance. Eve had a perfect husband. Adam had a perfect wife. And so they had a perfect marriage until something happened to their heart. Jesus quotes this verse in Matthew chapter 19 when he's answering the Pharisees' question about divorce. And he said, here's God's original blueprint for marriage. This is the way God created it. Therefore, a man, and a, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. There's God's blueprint for marriage. You see, it, it would be like this. What if a, an airplane manufacturer were to manufacture the world's perfect airplane? Um, th th this airplane had no potential to fail in any way. It was impossible for this plane to crash. I know it's fairy tale, but just pretend that that could happen. And then let's say that the manufacturer took pilots and trained them perfectly. All of these pilots had a perfect track record. They understood the airplane perfectly. They understood how the manufacturer operated the plane. To, they memorized the manual. And, and, and these guys were great. But the night before one of the flights, let's say that someone poisoned one of the pilots. And it didn't kill him, but it did affect his thinking. And so he's on the plane halfway through the flight and he starts losing his mind and doing things that are going to cause the plane to crash. He is seriously going to affect the passengers and his own life. And he crashes the plane. Someone keeps poisoning the pilots and the planes keep crashing. You see, the manufacturer hadn't designed the airplanes to need a parachute until they started crashing. And then the manufacturers went back to the drawing board and said, you know what, we, we might want to put some parachutes on this airplane to protect 
some of the passengers. God's original design was for marriage never to fail. You see, God created things that would never die. But when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, things started to die, including marriages. And so God created marriages to be immune from divorce. Secondly, God hates divorce. In Malachi chapter 2, if you want to flip back in your Bible to Malachi, it's about 30 pages prior to Matthew. Matthew's the first book in the New Testament. The book ahead of that is the last book in the Old Testament. It's Malachi. So we get all the way through the, the Old Testament, and we find that God is quite upset with His people. So upset that he's not answering their prayers, he is withholding his blessing, he's ignoring their worship. They're going through the motions of worship, but God's ignoring it. And so the people started asking why that was happening. Malachi 2.14 says, but you say, why does he not? Why does he not accept our offerings? Why does he not listen to our prayers? God gave them the answer. Because the Lord was witness, he was watching, between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did he not make them one? Answer. Yes, he did. With a portion of the Spirit in their union? You see, you're not alone in your marriage. God has given you enough help in your marriage to make it work. You have the Spirit of God to help in your union. And what was the one God seeking? Answer? Just look at the text. It's the answer is provided there. We'll ask the question again. And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. God was concerned about your children because He knows that divorce affects children. That's why He wants you to be one. So he gives us the prescription. We just heard the description. Here's the prescription. So guard yourselves in your spirit. In other words, for spirit, heart. Guard your heart. Guard your spirit. And let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. And then God says this, for I hate divorce, says the Lord. Why does God hate divorce? Because it, what it does to you and what it does to your children and what it does to the community and the culture. He's trying to protect us. If you've been through a divorce, you probably hate divorce as much as God hates divorce. And it's important to remember it doesn't say that God hates divorced people. God loves divorced people. But He hate, He loves you so much, He doesn't want you to have to deal with the after effects of something that hurts really bad. Third thing about divorce is this. God models divorce. God actually models divorce. Again, the people were in rebellion. The people were forsaking the covenant, not only with one another, but with God. And the scripture actually says in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 8, this, I gave faithless Israel her certificate of divorce and sent her away because of all of her adulteries. Why did God divorce Israel? Answers provided. Because of all her adulteries. You see, Israel's heart had, Israel was a country, God's people in love with God, and they had lost their love for God, and they had turned their loves to other things, and they were showing affections to things that were reserved exclusively for God. 
Yet I saw her unfaithful sister. Israel had a sister. Her name was Judah. These are two, is one country kind of in two sections here. And so Judah did the same thing. And she also went out and committed adultery. And God divorced the nation of Israel. Now, if you read the rest of Jeremiah, that's chapter 3. Jeremiah's a big book. You know what the rest of Jeremiah 3 is? It is warning, it is wooing, it is calling this unfaithful country back into right relationship with God. God is willing to reconcile if she would turn her attention back to the first love covenant that she had. Did they do it, yes or no? No, they did not. And so God has a new bride. Who is that? The church. That's right. Jesus is pictured as the bridegroom in the New Testament, and the church is pictured as the bride, and He loves her and woos her, and she's pretty ugly, and she's not much of a prize, but He's cleaning her up, and that's you and I. And so God models divorce. Fourth point is this. God regulates divorce. Now look back at the Scripture here in Matthew chapter 19, because the Pharisees actually use a verse in the Old Testament as part of their question to Jesus. Look in verse 4. They said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? They're referring to four verses in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 through 4. You don't have to turn there now. You can go and look at it later. I'll summarize it for you. Because what they had done is they had misinterpreted and misapplied something that God wrote in the Old Testament that he never intended to create divorce. Here's the command. He says that if a wife has been divorced by her first husband and she goes and marries a second husband and the second husband divorces that wife, she is not allowed to go back and remarry the first husband. That's what the teaching is there in those four verses. That's the only command. The Pharisees had taken those verses and use them to justify and rationalize their lust for other women and get out of the marriage covenant that they were in. There was a famous Pharisee that was a couple, that lived a couple of decades before Jesus. His name was Hillel. He was a teacher. He was widely respected. And he taught on this verse, and he misapplied it. And he taught that because Moses had given this certificate of divorce in order to protect the wife, and the children, they were using that to justify their divorces for any reason. And so Hillel taught that if your wife burned the toast, she's out of here. If she let her hair down in public, she's out of here. If, if the husband found a more attractive wife, he can divorce his first wife. And so they taught that, Hillel taught that You could divorce for any reason, which was a complete misinterpretation of what God said in the Old Testament. And Jesus called their bluff. And so in verse 8, he says, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce. Remember, they said, why did Moses command? He didn't command. And Jesus calls him on it. He didn't command. He allowed. Why did he allow tells us because of the hardness of their heart. But from the beginning, it was not so. And so we need to understand here that God regulates divorce in the Old Testament, and we get to the New Testament here, and the fifth thing that we're going to spend the rest of our time on is this. God gets to the heart of divorce. The matter of divorce is a matter of 
the heart. And so Jesus, in teaching this passage to them, correctly interpreting verse uh, Moses, uh, Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 through 4, he clears up all the misunderstanding and says that, yes, divorce was permitted in order to stabilize the hard-heartedness of these men who were divorcing and ripping apart their marriages and families and all the effects it was having on children, that God put in place a protection for the, the woman, the wife, and the children. He regulated and says, you can't be bouncing around here. And so he gives that permission. And the Pharisees didn't even have a category for what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about the matter of the heart, the hardness of your heart. They, they couldn't they, they couldn't deal with sins of the heart. Everything had to be letter of the law. It was all this code. It was external religion. And Jesus took them to the matter of the heart. So the one thing that Jesus says causes divorce is this, hardness of heart. So let's talk about the heart for a minute. What is a heart in the Bible? It's not talking about the blood pumper. It's talking about the center of our being. Older translations of the Bible use the word bowels. That's not a pretty picture. So we, we like the heart, okay? We, in English, we kind of say the heart there because it's the center of who we are. And your heart is simply a love factory. Do you think that would be a great sign over a guy's dormitory in, in college, the love factory? Probably not. But every one of us has a love factory on the inside of our heart. How do we know that that's where the love originates? Because of what Jesus taught in Matthew 22. The Pharisees, again, were coming to Jesus, testing him. They didn't really want the real answer. And he says, hey, which one is the greatest commandment? And Jesus gives them the answer. He says, love the Lord your God with all your what? So what do you love with? You love with your heart. And your heart constantly, all day long, is puffing out little poofs of love. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about Valentine's Day and romance and all that. That's not the way it is. In our culture, we, somebody can say, I love pizza. Or, or I love the Chicago Bears. Or I love my wife. And all three of those would have different meanings. At least they better have different meanings if you're married, right? What we're saying is our heart is drawn to things it thinks it needs. It has a desire to suck from something or someone things that it needs. So Jesus said the reason you get a divorce is because of the hardness of a heart. As Pastor Trent said in today's message, even theologians and good men disagree on the subject of divorce. Today, we've looked at five biblical truths to understand what God has said on this tough topic. In his response to the Pharisees' question, Jesus gets to the root of the matter when he says that divorce is the result of a hardened heart. Well, I hope you'll join us again next week as Pastor Trent gives us four things that we can do to keep our hearts softened towards God and each other. 
We'd also like to invite you to join us at one of our weekend worship services at Harvest Bible Chapel Granger on either our Granger, Indiana campus or our St. Joseph, Michigan campus. For service times and campus locations, visit us online at harvestgranger.org. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus, and I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.